If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 406 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Andre Mariner of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, uh, as we talk about um, a big weekend that just passed in the world of mixed martial arts, which Graham is mostly going to recap you because I've only seen one fight and we're going to look ahead mostly to uh, next week in the world of mixed martial arts with a massive uh, UFC event. We have two Irish women flying the flag over in Victor, Danny McCormick flying, uh, flying the flag in a title fight. We have a Cage Warriors card as well, KSW. So we're going to talk about a little bit about everything. Before we get into all of that, we have to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. And it's that time again. Spring has sprung. And our friends at Manscaped, the leader and below the waist grooming, have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like Miley Cyrus's flowers. The best thing, I added in the Miley Cyrus bit myself, I hope that was good. The best thing this spring, and uh, look your best this spring, sorry, and join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Use the code Severe May to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped, our friends are here to change the way all fellas take care of themselves and groom themselves with the performance package 4.0. In that, You'll find some great stuff. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Clap Preserver Ball Deodorant, Clap Reviver Toner, Boxer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag as well. I was at a wedding yesterday. I had the travel bag with me. I had the Crop uh, Preserver with me. I had the Crop Reviver with me. Hopefully my nose hairs wouldn't grow that quick, but I had all of them with me, so I'm not just talking here, I'm actually using them as well, so they're absolutely brilliant. But that lawnmower 4.0 is one you keep at home and you use, and you um, you know, you uh, you know, use that advanced skin technology to your benefit. The trimmer is designed to trim hair and loose skin, although your balls might look like punching bags, don't treat them like that. It's waterproof and equipped with LED light, so you can trim in the dark or in the shower. It's absolutely fantastic fantastic also have you ever met someone with nose hairs that you found attractive no well use the weed whacker nose in your hair trimmer with the proprietary skin safe technology as well it reduces it helps to reduce uh nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes and my favorite's the crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver ball toner It'll absolutely change your life. Absolutely brilliant. Bring them with you everywhere and the two free uh, gifts as well put all the stuff there in the shed travel bag have your boxer briefs on brilliant uh, always use the right tools for the job and head to their website and check out all the tools to help you upgrade your hygiene routine so save 20 percent and get free shipping by using the code severemmanscape.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code severemmanscape.com available worldwide your balls will thank you 
Okay, Graham, let's uh, let's do it. Let's get let's get into the, the UFC uh, Bellator and all that. The only I, I've managed to see one fight. I saw him rap Josh Philly against Pedrian. So maybe let's talk about that first, and then I can throw it over to you for for all the rest of them. Were you as impressed with Marab as I was? Like I, I've watched. You'd kind of written him off a little bit, hadn't you? In your in your mind, as kind of maybe not not at the top level. I I not necessarily written off, but I think the way he was fighting before, I didn't think it'd be able to translate into a performance like this. Now, look, people can always improve and always do things and get better, but no, I didn't see it coming. Absolutely not. I, I didn't think he'd win last week. I gave him as one of my bets of the week. I thought Jan would finish him. I absolutely was not on the Marab Philly train, but I am now after that performance. It was it was an insane performance and a very different performance to a lot of I suppose grappling that we see in MMA today because like his grappling and I tweeted this the, uh, last night but his grappling doesn't need to be successful in the classical way that grappling needs to be successful. Like I saw some people were calling him uh, Marab John Fitchashvili there last night and so but like John Fitch needed to get a takedown to be successful. Um, Damian Maya needed to get a takedown, needed to get his jiu-jitsu working to be successful. Like you think like the classic grapplers like a Jacques, he needed to get the fight to the ground. He need like he needed success to win the fight. Marab doesn't. Marab, like, he set the record last night for the most missed takedowns in UFC history. And, uh, and I don't know that for a fact, but it is a fact because he had the most attempts and he only got, like, fucking seven of them or something. So it what was it, like, 48 or 49 attempts yeah, or something? and he missed ludicrous. almost all of them. But... I've said before, and I, I, I actually stick by this in a three-round fight, I think that could be a big issue in terms of scoring. Like, I think that could actually work against him. But when it's a five-round fight, and, like, if you say if you do throw away a round, or even two rounds, by, the, by say, the, the, third, the end of the third round, you have your opponent drowned by that point, and they just can't fight in the fourth and fifth. And he, he does it so well. Like, he uses those missed opportunities just to drain the gas tank. And we talk about it all the time, you know, with, with MMA scoring, the uh, the uh, cumulative against the immediate in terms of scoring. But his uh, takedown attempts, his grappling, his clinching and all of that, his pace is the best cumulative attack that anyone has in MMA because it adds up and adds up and adds up and adds up and destroys you throughout the whole fight, right? It mightn't score, uh, you know immediately all the time maybe at the end of the round it'll accumulate and score there if no one else does anything hugely immediately impactful but by the time it gets to like the third fourth fifth round you've put such a pace in them you have fucked them up so much that they don't even have the ability to land an immediately impactful strike on you he's a weapon he is a weapon he's like shin on a blanket he's like chewing gum in a haircut he just won't let you go he just won't stop. He is an absolute monster of a man. Yeah. An absolute nightmare matchup, yeah. really, if he's fighting like that and, you know, <laughs> mixing in that many takedown attempts and just being so high tempo and relentless for, for you know, to be able to keep that up. You know, I said before this fight, something to the effect of, like, Peter Yang should be able to win this. And if he doesn't, well, Peter, Peter Yang just isn't where we thought he was and uh, anywhere near where we, as good as we thought he was. But I, like, watching that fight, I don't know, like, even if Peter Yang was, you know, fighting at the very best of his ability, I, I don't know if he can deal with that. Um, you know, not just the wrestling, he mixed in some really, like, well, there was one really hard low kick that I think damaged uh, really good, yeah. Peter Yan's uh, leg, but there, there, he was just mixing it up beautifully, keeping Peter Yan guessing, just making it fucking a terrible night for him from for every minute, keeping him 
keeping him, guessing, wearing him down. And, you know, John Fitch, you mentioned earlier, was more of a, you know, a frustrated you. This was like beating the shit out of you. Like, you know, this was, this was, I'm here to, to know, to, you know, to, to make this as miserable as possible for you. I think John Fitch was more like, I'm going to kind of, you know, frustrate you, but frustrate you in a kind of, um, uh, the time's running down and I can't get up kind of thing. But I don't think it was that. I think he, you know, did a lot better on the feet than I thought he would against uh, Peter Yan. And, you know, looking back at that Aldo fight, like Aldo, Aldo did brilliantly um, uh, against Marab. You know, it's a... Uh, it's hard to judge fights like uh, MMA Matt and all that stuff, but uh, maybe that, that that Aldo win gave Mirab the confidence that I here I am a top guy and I can go out and do my game. And he he certainly proved that he to me that he's a top guy and that he can you know challenge anybody in the division and can be a champion or could potentially be a champion. So um, yeah, I think I think we were both wrong about Mirab. Like I wasn't as kind of maybe. Um, dismissive of him as, as some, maybe not yourself, but I saw some people kind of writing him off a bit. But he definitely showed that he's he's you know well rounded, that he can put a pace, that he's a nightmare matchup, and that he's high caliber and upper echelon fighter. And you know he's a nightmare matchup for anybody. Like maybe you know hard to hard to deal with that for no matter how many skills you have, it's hard to deal with that relentless pressure. And he showed it over five rounds without really without really slowing down. And that's that's a scary prospect. Yeah, and I totally agree with you on the striking part as well because that was the big difference between past fights. There was well, there was two big differences, I suppose. This was a five round fight, and it I, I think it really just changed everything. I really had to adjust my thinking. I think on Marab based on the 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 whole five round thing, but the striking in between it, like there was even one stage he landed one big leg kick. I know the one you're talking about. And then there was another one where Yan actually checked it. But it hurt Yan more than it hurt Marab. It was just one. Yeah, I think that, that was the one that actually hurt more, yeah. even though it wasn't as clean as the the one the original one. Yeah, it's true, and it, and I don't think Yan was the same after that. But then he he's kind of started fighting back a bit after. But like, make no mistake about this, uh, Marab Jashvili broke Peter Yan. Like he broke him. There was a time there. I think it was. I'm not sure if it was the third round or maybe the fourth round. And, like, the third and fourth round, he had, there actually wasn't that much landed. The, those rounds were relatively close. Like, if Marab hadn't won this fight, it would have been a joke. But they were not, he didn't land as much in those rounds. But you could see the, the face of Yan. Like, any confidence was just drained out of him. And it was it was, it was was phenomenal for Marab. But it was, uh, like, I think if he only had, like, the takedown attempts... And uh, Yan had like because Yan did stuff most of his takedown attempts, especially early. He was doing great uh, to to stop the takedown attempts. And he, he Yan has fought in those sort of fights before against Magomed Magomedov. I know a lot of people have probably gone back and watched that at this stage. If it was only that, I think Yan, you know, it would have been a close fight. It, it, I think it probably would have been you know three rounds to two or something like that. But the strikes in between, as you said, like he landed some big shots with the hands, but with the the, the leg kicks were the big biggest of them all the, the one that was checked and the one that came before it as well but he, he was making him pay all the time like usually Yan is really good at uh breaks landing on the breaks landing elbows off the breaks and there was fucking 30 40 50 breaks in this fight and he didn't land really anything didn't land I thought he landed a few nice body shots early but a lot of them were kind of in punching range and all and I, I think like it was one of those fights where Yan's 
a lot of people have talked before about Yan being too much of a. I saw someone. Um, I think it was um, uh, heavy hands. Uh, Connor Rebush um, was was actually quoted someone else. I'm not sure who the person was quoted. So, but you'll find on Connor Rebush, they were comparing him with Robbie Lawler. In that Robbie, late in his career, or even in like the the autumn, I suppose, of his career, which was the best part of his career when he was the champion, uh, he he was very much kind of a counter fighter. But if you didn't give him anything to counter. Um, through either not throwing anything or totally taking away his space he didn't have the ability to switch to offense unless it was like a last gasp sort of thing and it felt like that was the case here for Yan like usually the offense is built off of something else I mentioned the breaks a second ago but also someone attacking him trying to get a takedown and him kind of pushing him back they're in kind of a stupor and he lands their shots on him but Morab never stopped because you hear Longo as well between rounds he was like wrestle strike wrestle and it was like that's the key you have to do three things you go in and you wrestle him that doesn't work you strike him and you immediately wrestle him again and if you keep doing that for the whole fight you'll beat better again and that's exactly what happened like literally exactly what happened you just, but in the, actually in the forum well, like, it's impressive him. and it's hard to actually oh, impossible. To go for that many takedowns like 48 yeah. or 49 takedown attempts is like and they weren't half hearted they were you know, he he made he was working for all of them, and he, he just what a re- relentless and ridiculous uh, cardio he has. Like because you know, setting that pace uh, early is all well and good, but we've seen guys do that and and you know pay for it later on. But yeah, fair play to him. He he had the game plan and he had the the cardio and the the will and the the grit to to do that for twenty five minutes against a, a really dangerous guy. I saw a few people, and people actually thought I was criticizing him because I was saying like it was the most missed takedowns, and I, 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 one hundred percent wasn't. I think people probably who've listened to this will uh, will know that because like those missed takedowns were a weapon and worked for him. But I saw so we we talk all the time about even if you don't get the takedown yeah. to make the guy have to worry about that to keep having to keep him guessing. That's and, a huge and we also a huge always talk about you know people who like uh, Murad probably missed ten takedowns in the first round. Most people would give up on him at that stage, but he's game plan is basically to never give up on them uh, and there's so many fighters who would benefit from a mindset like that now maybe not as much a higher pace as him because uh, and this is the point i was getting to as well a lot of people were very critical of like this being the future of mma where uh, and i saw a few people were calling him like he's just a cardio cyclops and a cardio machine and all that and like there's very little skill or anything on it it's just purely fucking Balls out aggression. Nah, and nah, we've seen guys. We've seen guys of lesser ability try to do that, and it doesn't work when you don't have the abilities. Like that's true. But also, even if it wasn't true, what's wrong with that? You know what's why? What's wrong with like uh, finding a way, finding your way to be successful? I don't. I actually don't have a problem with that at all. Isn't that what MMA was born to be? Find out whose style can be the best. What difference does it make if your style is wrestling or jujitsu or fucking balls out cardio ability? Like I, I, don't, I actually don't see a problem it's, with it's that. It's hard to criticize a guy for fighting to his abilities and to his strengths and to a, to a good game plan exactly, <laughs> and the game yeah. plan winning the fight. Like I don't know really how you can criticize that. Yeah, but I, I understand where the people are coming from a little bit because if every fighter turns into this, where they're like, uh, you know, super fucking athlete cardio monsters, and you know, uh, I, I, he has good skill. He doesn't rely on skill as heavily, say, as someone like Ian or m- most other fighters. You know, um. Or like the skill in terms of 
what we would classically define as skill. His ability to use his fucking cardio is 100% of skill. But you know what I mean? Like, if that was every fighter, if there was way more fighters fighting like that, would MMA be worse? Possibly, probably. So that's it. I, I understand where they're coming from. But when it's just Ashvili kind of doing it at the moment, now there are a few others attempting to do it and none maybe as successfully yet as him. But uh, I, I think it's brilliant and I've, I've no problem with it at all. And uh, yeah, what a performance. He's gone up many, many notches in my uh, my book after that anyway. Because like, I, 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 people who listened to last week, no, I wasn't a big believer in Marab at all. I thought he was a good fighter up until a certain level. I thought he'd be found out. But it's very hard who, to, to think who is going to find him out now like who in that division like, you know look has, John Dodson Cody Stamman Marlon yeah. Royce, Jose Aldo Peter Yan in a row wins in the UFC that's pretty that's pretty like, and, he, and he's who you know, is going to take down the Vince as Yan yeah. and Aldo like and as good a striking as the two of them and yet he beat both of them now the Aldo one was very weird obviously yeah. but, well, yeah. he didn't even get any takedowns against Aldo did he yeah right. that's true yeah but as we said he didn't really need him <laughs> but still like yeah that's it, it's it's mad and I'm, I'm very interested to see how this style works because like it isn't uh, okay it's one fight over five rounds it's it isn't 100% proven yet I believe in it now because it's very hard to ignore what happened last night but like still there's Cejudo and there's uh, okay he's not going to fight Aljo but there's maybe O'Malley and there's maybe Cheeto and we saw Cheeto like it's funny with Cheeto right because if he wins a fight coming up against Corey Sandhagen his style recently has been like the elixir to this sort of style because he can get beat down and beat down and beat down for five or four and a half minutes of the five rounds and then land one big shot hurt you and steal the round which is exactly what he probably would do in a fight with Josh Philly because like Josh Philly dominated for the whole of the f- uh, 25 minutes last night Graham was there anything near a 10-8 there there wasn't really, was there? You know, there, there, there wasn't anything near a 10-8. So it's, uh, I think it's, it's it, that's interesting as well. I'd love to see that fight, and hopefully that'll happen down the line. But yeah, and I, on Yan as well, just briefly, I suppose, before we move on, because we have a lot to cover. Um, <clears throat> when you take, what is it, four losses and five fights now, it's it's obviously a big issue. He'll have to work his way back, and we'll, we'll see where he goes. There, there's plenty of fights out there for him. Like, I think Yan just needs to do what... Um, you know, a guy like, say, Joseph Benavidez did before and just go out there and just fight every guy that gets in the top 10. Fight number nine, fight the next number nine, fight the next number eight, fight, you know, fight all of yeah, those has, guys. Has Omar, has Omar Nermi got a fight lined up? Or, I don't think so, but there were talks of him fighting Marab as well. That'd be an interesting fight. Yeah, but that'd Marab be a good would, one now. Yeah, fucking watch that. But yeah, I think that's what Yan needs to do. And I think he'll be back as well because he has the skill set um, and he's a very, very, very good fighter. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. Right, Craig. Anything stand out from the card? I saw there was a few interesting uh, things on it. Davy granted an unbelievable inverted triangle submission against yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Asunsay was a you know a veteran. He's been around. He's been at the top level. I think uh, he spent the most time in the octagon now um, at bantamweight ahead of Uriah Faber. You know, he's been around. He's definitely he's definitely a, a tough guy, and he was showing that, and, you know, he's making it a tough fight. Davy Grant, I think, was swinging a bit too loopy, a bit too wide, but it ended up paying off when he dropped Asensio in the third round and uh, dropped him hard and maybe was a bit too patient, uh, a bit too respectful, uh, maybe not going for the finish, but he managed to lock up an inverted triangle and put Asensio to sleep, and the ref wasn't really sure if he was asleep or not, which is kind of understandable in a, in a kind of strange situation like this where it's an inverted triangle, and uh, yeah, brilliant comeback from from Davy Grant. There was a bit of controversy where um, Davy Grant grabbed uh, the cage a few times, and he ended up getting a point taken, and um, 
Aston South team were shouting them, why why didn't you why did you start them in the middle of the cage instead of in the in the position against the cage? But it actually was the fact that David Grant grabbed the cage and ended up in a in the dominant position. So you're not going to restart the you know you're not going to take a point and restart yes. David Grant in a dominant position. So yeah, yeah I, I didn't actually think it was as controversial as Aston South's team seemed to think it was, but. Uh, yeah, brilliant for Davy Grant. Like a great name to have on his uh, on his record. A brilliant win. And Aston Sao said it's probably going to be his last fight. And put his gloves down and pick them up. And you know, looking forward to his next one. Looking forward to his next one. <laughs> Can't wait for it. Uh, before that, uh, Ariana Lipsky got a win. Yeah, ooh, she she looked better. You know, we, we yeah. we've seen her maybe before she got to the UFC and seen her kind of uh, look like she looked uh, last night. Um, you know, JJ Aldricks couldn't really get the takedown, and once she couldn't get the takedown, she was kind of just getting picked apart. And Lipsky landed some nice shots, uh, nice straight shots, and it kind of picked her apart. And she was a good price. Lipsky was coming in. I almost yeah. ever was on my bets for the week. I was fucking regretting it after I saw this uh, coming through. But yeah, at the end of the fight, she she kind of had the chance. Maybe she stunned uh, Aldrich and maybe had the chance to put her away, but uh, kind of time ran out, or maybe she didn't push it as as much as she she could have, uh, knowing she was kind of about to win a decision. So, but before that, Bruno Silva and Br- Bruno Silva and Tyson Nam was was a really good fight. Uh, obviously, Tyson Nam's been around a long time, but Bruno Silva, you know, he rocked him on the feet hard. With a front kick uh, right right down the middle. I don't know how. Saw that picture. Nasty. Oh, yeah. I don't know how. He, like his whole face kind of jolted up in the slow mo. Oh, I don't know how he took that. Like that was a. He showed a ridiculous chin there. But uh, yeah, Silva just jumped on jumped on the choke and got the hooks in after. And yeah, that was it. But yeah, that was a, that was a pretty exciting fight. And that's a pretty exciting start to his uh, to his UFC career. Obviously, he won his first two and was kind of out for 18 months but he's come back with a good win against Tyson Nam in style and you know that front kick is a thing of beauty and and the finish was pretty nice as well so yeah very good from um, Bruno Silva I saw Josh Frim beat Cedric Dumas there was a a story up on Shardog this week about Dumas uh Involved in domestic violence and really really bad case of it apparently so I don't think um any uh, anyone is uh, too sad to see him losing here on on, uh, on Sunday morning or on Saturday and uh, uh, those allegations and that uh, report you can see it on Sherlock and it's up on other places as well but uh, Josh Finn got the guilty joke there was, I saw um, Scott Fintan actually saying about uh, submissions there was a rear naked choke here there was a guillotine there was an inverted triangle there was a pl- triangle choke loads of submissions here and I remember Graham who called it but me uh, about maybe six seven months ago that there's going to be more submissions in the UFC and if people are looking for the reason I really think the reason is the drop in level of the fighters in the UFC because we see a lot more of a difference in ability in the different arts between people who aren't as experienced or aren't as good straightforwardly enough to say as their opponents in one area and that's when we see more knockouts and we see more submissions like the reason there's been less and less over the last few years uh, in the UFC is because the level has risen now with the amount yeah. of fighters I think the level is falling and we're going to see I think more that's definitely it. a part of it I think a part of it is the, the rules change as well that like you know laying on top and just like landing the odd that's shot true. isn't going to isn't going to win it around anymore you kind of have to make something happen you have to go for the finish you have to you know land a big ground and pound that might open up the make the guy turn and get rid of a choke or whatever you know I think that's definitely probably that's probably a part of it as well 
The main card in, I, I heard that uh, a Petrina and Turjak fight was uh, was an almighty battle. I heard I heard the Gravelly fight was uh, was a big one as well. But Volkov got the finish. Krilov got the finish uh, as well. Uh, Romanov looked fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, awful stuff. That's <laughs> not much to say. He just got destroyed. Uh, Jonathan Martinez and Said Nurmagomedov was a, was a really good fight. Uh, you know, Martinez had to weather some serious adversity earlier um, early on in the fight, but. He did really, he did really, really kind of a lot better than I expected him to do. You know, being around down, kind of taking some punishment, getting wrestled, but he turned it around and, you know, won the second and third round on, on all three scorecards. And I saw a lot of people saying that uh, he shouldn't have won, but I actually thought he should have. Uh, I thought the second round he did enough. Um, and the third round he did enough. So, uh, yeah, definitely a really close one. You probably have to go back and watch it to to make sure, but uh, he definitely overperformed from what I was expecting and, and an absolutely huge win for him. 100%. Bellator then was a very much an easier card to catch up on. There was a lot of quick finishes here uh, and a very interesting night of results, I think. On the undercard, uh, Julius Angliscus, who I was talking about maybe fighting Karl Moore, he lost uh, to Yaksha Muradov which could also be a fight Carl Moore maybe could have next. I know Carl put out a tweet there the other day saying he has a fight sign, so maybe not. But interesting one, Josh Hill got the win over Caspell, who came in like 10 pounds overweight. Brian Moore said he was looking at that fight, an interesting one. I think he said he was looking at the Barzola fight as well, who beat uh, Eric Perez. Um, and then we had, I suppose, the the, the big fights of the night. Uh, Linton Vassell got a great Whoa. finish over Moldovsky uh, in the first round. Uh, uh, Moldovsky was one of my picks for the week. I mean, they fought before. I went back and watched their first fight. It was a very close fight, but I thought it was a sort of fight that, like, they have that again, and Moldovsky will probably win it. But Vassell landed a big shot here, knocked him down, and then finished him, didn't he? It was good stuff by Linton Vassell at this stage of his career. What a, what a win for him. Yeah, like he's on a five-five win streak now. It kind of looked like he, you know, it wasn't really going to work out for him with them three three losses in a row. But it was against Bader Davis and you know Moldovsky, who he's redeemed here with an absolutely phenomenal performance uh, on the feet and on the ground. He's always been very good, and he seems to be putting together a, the the in between bits between the the kind of the or the martial art bases. Um, better you know he obviously it's a uh, he's got a lot of like um athletic ability he's got a lot of ground ability and he hits hard but he, he i don't know he just wasn't really putting it together and obviously when you're when you're 39 you probably don't really or late this late in your career you don't really expect it to kind of come together but it seems to have and that's a phenomenal win that's the best win of his his career even though he you know he has a win over lee mcgeary about five or six years ago i think this win was the best win of his career just because the performance was so good and he he beat him everywhere and you know put him away in the first round and you know i thought if he was going to win this he was going to he was going to have to fight a lot harder than he did and it's just yeah brilliant performance by by yeah, so fantastic against a guy like who probably most people uh, would have thought would have improved from that fight and Vassell might have even though he's as you said his uh, uh, record has been very good since his age and all of that you would have thought the, the one guy would have overtaken the other but it wasn't it wasn't that way at all a great win for him uh, he, he'll he be fine for the heavyweight title now I, I yeah. would assume I think, I think Maldonowski has got better but I think it's just surprising that Linda Vassell has gotten like you know yeah. it's kind of clicked it looks like it's clicked for him 100%. so, so kind of late on I wonder could that fight be in Ireland? Maybe him versus uh, versus Bader. We, we'll see. I suppose we're still a good bit away from that. But um, before we get to MVP in the main event, then Shabley and Masayev. This, this finish, it was like a yeah. front kick to the body. Brilliant, that brilliant refereeing. He wasn't buying any of that bullshit. Uh, there was a big shot to the body, and the, the foot kind of came down and 
glanced off the cup when he he was glanced in the cup, but the, the big body shot had I think had broken his rib uh or done some damage anyway to him and he was kind of trying to play it off as a uh, uh here I've been kicked in the balls and I can't continue. But Herzog was was you know it was uh very stern about it and said here if you uh he did he did um catch you in the cup but it was incidental after a legal blow and if you can't continue then then you've yeah uh, you're gonna get TK out and he said he couldn't continue and TK out so I I don't think it was as controversial maybe as you know we just don't see it that often but I think it was definitely the right call yeah, I think that the body shot had done a lot of damage and that was what had you know stopped him from fighting not the slight touch off the cup yeah and that's interesting because like we were just talking about the the, the John Jones uh, Matt Hamill one during the week and I think that was kind of like the opposite because. Hold on, actually, before you go on, yeah. these everybody keeps saying that these are or these are definitely well, they were twelve to six elbows. I don't know. I like I haven't actually watched that back, and I should have watched that back before bringing this up. You just kind of brought it to my mind there, but they I are. remember looking at that in the past and being like, they weren't twelve to six exactly. If you uh, run an exact line, if twelve to six, you know, twelve to six, twelve oh one to six oh one is not twelve yeah. to six. They were the so most. I, I, they were the I most looking were twelve to six 12 elbows to six. I think we've ever seen in MMA. But if I, if I have, Full-on mathematical yeah, 12 to line. 6 doesn't exist. I don't think like, they are 12 to 6. Yeah, well, then why are people acting like, ah, well, it was nah, the right decision. It wasn't nah, the right decision. It was the right decision. I think it was the correct the, decision. The, the fight should have been stopped before that, and That's that not rule it, shouldn't though. be there, and that rule wasn't even broken, technically, if you want to be a tec- technical about it. But I think it, it, it was. It was our 12 to 6 elbows. Like, if you're, if you're to make a call, if you're the referee, to, like, there's always, like, a little bit of leeway in terms of the If it's 12 referee or 1, is it 12? Yeah, but the referee had to make... What if, it's, what if it was 12 and the referee didn't Well, like, I can call. understand if the ref thought it was. He did. Fair yeah, enough. But exactly. we can go back afterwards and say, okay, it was a hard call, but he, he it wasn't exactly 12 to 6. But, like, it was. You know, it was it, a 12 It doesn't really six. matter. I know, I know. But I don't like the way people kind of just say, like, ah, oh, John Jones kind of fucked it up. In a he way, did, he though. did. Look, but no, he did. But they said the exact opposite. Way, like, what are you talking about? He actually didn't. He did. Uh, but the people say the exact opposite. Everyone's saying John Jones is undefeated and he's never lost. He t- he, he beat himself, but he's still fucking uh, defeated. Th- those were 12 to 6 elbows. Go back and watch it. It's mm-hmm. on my. I'll go it's back on my and watch feed. it again, but I, I, I remember at the time watching it back and saying they're not exactly in a uh, perfectly they, straight line. They, they, they're as close as you get. But the, the main They're issue, close, but close is not. As not close enough. as you'll get. They are 12 to 6 elbows. Anyway. The big issue that was that, like, the fight should have been stopped, which is grand, you know, it should have been stopped, but you can't go back in time, like, you can't go back in time and referee it. And the other thing was Matt Hamill's death, and he was trying to tell the referee he had a shoulder injury or something like that. But also, I went back and I watched it, right? And I watched it very specifically. And the referee went down and he looked in his eyes, he said something to him, and he stopped it, like, almost before Matt Hamill could even say anything back. So, like, it... I. I think people need to go back and actually watch what happened there. Like it was, it was a very uncontroversial one for me. And like, <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll move on. Uncontroversial, like, I don't know. Oh, it was I like okay. He, he the fight could should the fight have been stopped? Yeah, it should have been stopped. But the fight wasn't stopped, right? So we have a fight. Well, that's controversy there. Yeah, and but grand. No, but it's not. Six, but it's not. Right? We, we have a fight. We have a fight that's going on. There's clearly twelve to six elbows. The I guy, don't think there is though. There I don't is, think there's clearly there is, twelve to six elbows. There is. The fight, they're 100%. The The guy cannot continue. The last two blows that were landed were illegal blows. Like, what the fuck is it supposed to be? 
What do what do you should John Jones get like a, a a TKO win for landing two illegal blows that are the last blows in a fight? Absolutely not. If, if we if we can get that in a perfectly exact straight line, which I think is just really really extremely unlikely. Go and watch uh, it. Go and find it. It's not that hard to find. Then I'll have to go back and look at it. But uh, yeah, okay. well, I'll talk about the other can draw can draw. A, if they can draw a perfectly straight VAR line, we see they need VAR lines. Oh, they for, can't. Uh, to six they, them fuckers can't draw straight lines. <laughs> Fucking fuck you, Andre Mariner, and that other cunt who was refereeing against Man United today. Fuck uh, people, people, people complain about the refs in MMA. Oh They're fucking saints God. compared to fucking soccer. Did you see the Man United match? It was the most oh, ridiculous oh. thing I've ever seen Have in you my seen life. seen any Premier League or Champions League match <laughs> ever? Just a, a series oh, my of shocking, God. incompetent decisions. Oh my God. <laughs> today was, I've, I honestly don't think I've ever seen this. But anyway, we can't talk about soccer in the middle of MMA podcast. People kill us. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that was that. But a good, shabbily, very, very good, very, very good fighter. So is Masayev, and uh, I picked him to win that, and uh, I'm, uh, I was right. So yeah, fair play to him. Uh, and then we did the, the big two fights. I would call him MVP. Twenty six seconds is all it took to finish Goyeri Yamauchi with one of the most nasty, disgusting kicks I've ever seen in perfect, my life. Perfect, beautiful, as well. just perfect placement. Just, yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. So if you didn't see it, he kicked him in the kneecap and imploded his kneecap basically he put a hole in his kneecap oh uh, was that's, a, that's a skull and a kneecap now he's fucking shattered like what the it, fuck like it's also scary like, going in there because that couldn't wouldn't it mvp changes lives like uh, yamuchi will never ever be the same again after that there, there's just no way he can be the same again like he's I was, I was talking to someone who was bad knees i'm like if that happened to me i wouldn't be walking straight ever again like and it's as you said, scary going in there against a guy like MVP, and I think he's put himself right in line again. Obviously, Jason Jackson is, is going to be next um, for um, you know for uh, um, uh, what's his name? Amado- what's his name? Yaroslav Amasov. Why did I keep saying Amadovsky? <laughs> what was? Do you remember that Amadovsky? What was? Who was that back in the day? Yaroslav Amasov. But uh, uh, oh my god, if Amasov wins that. MVP versus Amasov in Dublin has to be the fucking fight, please, Bellator. I don't ask for much. All I want is Amazon versus MVP in Dublin. But anyway, the main event then, Usman or Magomedov uh, against Benson Henderson. Light work, Graham, wasn't it? Usman is a fucking top tier fighter, isn't he? I, I thought this would go to the decision. I thought I was like, oh, he'll never submit Benson. And fucking <laughs> two and a half minutes in, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. He looked good on the feet as well, you know. Benson Henderson may not be like a, a really prolific striker or anything, but he's 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 a hard guy to kind of you know hit clean. But can beat that never guy. Made up. Yeah, he just he just like I'm, I'm the same as you. I thought this would you know I saw the 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 line. I was thinking, yeah, I definitely agree. He's, he's going to win, but I don't know why it should be so wide. But I think maybe it, you know the bookies were right, or could it been even wider? It just looked. It just looked like he was on a different level, and and he was, and he just he just you know dominated Benson Henderson and made it look easy, and we we haven't said that very many times, you know. He got caught against Pedersen in a submission. I think that was the last time he was submitted. That was kind of a that was kind of a um, Pettis just grabbed it kind of unexpectedly, and this was so this was just a complete domination that ended in a rear naked choke, and you know uh, Benson Henderson kind of. You know, retired afterwards. You've been talking about retiring for a long time. Maybe, maybe this one will actually stick, but you know, maybe not. But you know, uh, the fact that he was so thoroughly dominated might actually make it more likely that he he will hang it up and will stay retired because you know the new breed of, of fighter that he'd be coming up against if he wants to you know return is people like this and 
you know, he's just he's just not not there anymore. It it seems. Yeah. But having retirement in your mind and all is that like yeah. this is my last fight? I don't know if that's a good mental like, place to be coming he, in either. Like he's had that for a long time because I spoke to him what like seven eight months ago maybe, and he was saying that to me. And I know everyone kind of he said to you about fighting out his contract though. He said yeah. he's fighting out his contract. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it, was, know. It, was, it was it was definitely a bit of a weird mindset. But you go. That's in a there tough one to take. As on, on the other hand, though, as well, a yeah. tough one to end on for such a like kind of story champion and you know WBC UFC champion and to get so kind of thoroughly beaten and destroyed in in your last fight probably like you know the ego even though he's not maybe the biggest ego guy from from the outside looking in you know these guys all have egos and don't want to you know be be remembered like that or to finish like that and yeah. you know want to go out and prove that they're better than that so it could go either way with him you know maybe he will stay retired maybe he won't <laughs> history probably tells us that he won't he's one of those guys as well like that it felt like he's been finished a few times, but it felt like he was kind of caught every time he was finished. Like never, like Yan, like he, Yan was decisioned and it was close, or never destroyed in the way they were this weekend, you know. And um, and maybe Michael Chandler will have something to say about that, but you know what I mean. It, it, this was a little bit different, and yeah, you you wouldn't you wouldn't know what's going to happen with Pinson, but his wife is fighting now and things, and he seems to be a family man and uh, he, he doesn't seem like the sort but you never know you know he's a ton retire I, I should say like he seems like he's an intelligent guy and he's the decision made and that'll be that but you know hashtag MMA retirements but we'll uh, we'll see how that goes right let's move on to next week um, before we do that actually sign up to our Patreon patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast with loads of stuff coming up myself and Ian this Wednesday morning I think it is have a uh uh, an episode of The Contender on Ian Gary. So we talked for about an hour, maybe a little bit less, about Ian Gary and what we think the future will look like for him. And one person who will be listening to that podcast is Danny McCormick, who signed up to our Patreon, and she's fighting for the Invicta Strawweight Championship against Valeska Machado uh, on a very good card, uh, Invicta FC 52, coming up uh, this Wednesday, I believe it's on, uh, it's on YouTube. It is Wednesday, yeah on YouTube, so make sure to check that out, Sean and Bannon, uh, also on the card, but a very interesting fight for Danny, I spoke to her a couple of weeks ago, and she was in a great mood coming in, you know, Valeska Machado is a dangerous, dangerous fighter, she uh, fights out of that Pitbull uh, team, she hits hard, she fights like them, she comes uh, going for it early, but this is a five round fight, and Danny I think I showed before, if she can weather that early storm and get past it, she's great cardio, her striking is improving, but I think in this fight it'll be more of like, push her against the fence, take her down and make her pay on the ground. It's a very, very, very tough fight. It'll be interesting to see the betting odds on this boat. Uh, a great spot here for Danny McCormick and she's one that, you know, she's earned it going on uh, a big streak in uh, Bellator and then having tough fights outside of it, bouncing back, putting herself in prime position here after the, the night where the tournament was on and uh, she she more than deserves this spot. But big fight, isn't it, Graham, for, uh, for Irish MMA and women's MMA, which has been thriving over the last few years. Yeah, you know, an Invicta title is a big thing. You know, maybe people who are recent fans of the sport and since the, the women have been fighting in the UFC, you know, might not remember how, how important Invicta was and how prestigious that title is and the history of it and things like that. So to get a chance uh, to fight for that is a huge is a huge opportunity. She's coming in there against a very experienced girl, you know, you know, 49, take the end attempts. Maybe she, maybe if she can go for something similar to that and make it as difficult as possible from, from the, the out, the outcome, the, uh, the, the start, uh, 
outset you know, take down the outset yeah sorry i don't know how i couldn't find that word i got you don't but, uh, yeah she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna have to she's gonna have to make it di- difficult and dirty and frustrating and for machado i think if she's gonna get it done but like you know when you fight for a prestigious title in a big chance like this you expect to come in against a difficult fight and she's as you mentioned danny has come through adversity you know losing losing by um knockout in front of your in front of your home crowd when you're an undefeated fighter and you know losing the split decision in your next one that's that's hard to take and she's bounced back with a with a really good win put herself into the the title picture and this would be an absolutely massive achievement for her you know she's she's very young in this sport really you know um she she hasn't been she hasn't been doing it since she was a kid like you know a lot of people coming through now have have um have been doing MMA since they were young or doing some kind of martial arts since they were young and they've kind of you know by the time they're in their 30s they're they're a bit maybe a bit more experienced than danny but danny said herself that she needs to make things happen because of that because she's come kind of late to the sport and this is a huge opportunity that she's been she's been waiting for and if she goes in there and wins you know the evicted champion usually ends up in the ufc so it's a massive opportunity for her and one that i'm sure she she'd be ready for this is what she's been she's been working for this is what she's been waiting for and you know it's definitely a difficult difficult fight but i think she does have the tools to make this a very very difficult fight for her opponent and if she does that now you know she can come out with her hand raised and you know if she if she tries to stand maybe, maybe the lesson of you know the stephanie paid fight of trying to stand a little bit too long 100%. or yeah. things like that will stand her in this fight this is these are the kind of um, the kind of fights and the kind of uh, experiences that you need in your in your career to, to to be ready for these moments and you know i think danny is ready we'll see when when the fight starts but i think this is going to be a really good fight and i think she has a chance of a good chance of winning like you know it's hard to i haven't watched too much of her uh, opponent but i know how kind of hard-nosed and uh you know um uh relentless and scrappy and hard to fight against and uh how much of a nightmare matchup danny can be when she gets her game going so if she went out and did that i would not be surprised at all but yeah no no a massive opportunity for her and it's great to see her in the, in, in this spot and you know Hopefully she gets the job done. I, I don't know if you've watched any any of her opponent, but yeah, um, I, watch, I watch a good bit of her. Yeah, she like she's one of those fighters. Like she's she looks like a, a really powerful striker, and she is. She doesn't have loads of knockouts or anything like that, but she's well able to like win a decision too, if you want to put it that way, and fight. You know, win a three round decision. Five rounds a little bit different now. Maybe that'll be interesting, especially if someone, you know, is wrestling her like that. I, I would think Danny will be. But I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think it's all about um, the, the the preparation. Seemingly has gone very, very well for Danny. You see her all the time. She looks in phenomenal shape and all of that. But I think the game plan coming in here is the big thing. You need kind of need to be all the way out or all the way in against someone like Machado if you're you're Danny and you know kick her from the outside and stay in on the outside, no problem. Circle around. But if you get into that pocket in any way. You can't let her keep you at the end of her jab. You can't let her land those long straight strikes that she lands because she is fast, she is powerful, as I said, and she's good technically too. You need to take that technique away, whether it's not letting her do anything or taking her into deep water, you know, Mirabish, um, but but with more success in terms of the takedowns, I think. I think that's the real key for this here for now. She might come out and she might look like MVP or something like that now. And or as I said, her striking has been improving though, but I don't think this is the fight uh, to test it in. I think this is the fight where you test Majada and see if she can stand up to the relentless uh, pace. Um, and that's the fight I'd be expecting to see. But what a massive opportunity for Danny. And if she wins that title, I think it's going to be... Uh, 
it's going to be hard to dethrone her from the the female fighter of the year she won in 2017 as a, a an amateur uh, I think did she win the did she win the gold or she, I think she won the silver didn't she but uh, yeah she was given out that she never got her uh, her plaque so she'd probably be getting a plaque if she wins this next wins and I don't know so a massive opportunity uh, for her there are loads of 115 fights on that card uh, India Silva against Caroline Wojcik as well as on that um, Fatima Klein who is a very good prospect coming through against Natasha uh, Kuzutina but also Shauna Bannon is fighting uh, Mina Grutzander now Mina 6-4 and four, she's lost her last 3 in a row but you see all of her wins are by either submission or ground and pound on the ground uh, which and, and two, two of those losses are to the same girl Euphrae who yeah, was uh, in the UFC, a decision and, and, uh, and another decision before that who was a yeah. UFC veteran and had some good wins you know so you know records can be a little bit deceiving sometimes 100% it's a very good test I think for Shauna because look we know Shauna is a very good striker her uh, her ground game has looked better and better and better all the time as well and you know Paddy Hoolan we all know her, her trainer Paddy Hoolan was brilliant on the ground so I'm sure she's getting better there all the time uh, so it's a massive test for her as well and you know if she wins that and goes to 5-0 and oh, the beef is there. I'm sure she'll be calling out Danny, and, and you, we'll see. We'll see if it happens because that fight would be absolutely uh, that would be massive, and one we will be doing more than one podcast. And I think if it ends up happening, but we'll see. But yeah, best of luck to to both. Uh, I know we we have to be you know we we have to be uh, down the line and everything. But best of luck to, to Sean and Danny. We hope we hope they uh, they bring it home for Ireland on uh, on Wednesday night, and can't wait to to check it out. Um, before we get to the UFC 286, there's another great card as well, Cage Warriors uh, 150, with uh, a bit of Irish uh, interest on this as well. Um, Jim, uh, the two Team KF guys running, Omran Shaban and James Webb, Omran fighting Mush Ashlani, who people remember uh, knocked out Adam Darby stiff in, in their last fight, a beautiful knockout there. Uh, James Webb fighting Alan Carlos, the old uh, veteran BJJ guy. Big night for, for Team KF, with the Dublin card coming up in about six weeks I wonder if they'll be trying to get quick turnarounds here maybe not because that card seems to be pretty full but um, it's a it's a very interesting um, uh, two fights for, for both of them against two finishers um, and on a very good card Justin Burlinson is fighting uh, Jim Richardson as well coming off of one of the fights of the year last year against Reese McKee love the fight between Emil Brown and Daniel Skibinski um, Lanier Kavanaugh one of the best up and comers in the UK and Ireland is on this card as well unfortunately the Harry Hardwick fight is off uh, against Shoaib Yusuf so that could have been a 145 pound contender fight there's a few of them coming up Sharia and Hinden is on this card as well that could be absolutely one I think if Sharia wins that he will be fighting for the title next will it be Hughes I would say Hughes is probably hoping to go to the UFC so could it be Jordan Vucinic who's fighting in the main against in against uh, Tizano Ferranti Ferranti 5-0 I watched uh, two or three of his fights Um <laughs> so he's had less fight time in those five fights than Jordan Vucinic had in his last fight against Paul Hughes which is 25 minutes versus 18-ish minutes um, Ferranti hits hard but he's not the most technical fighter in the world I think Vucinic uh, Vucinic, yeah, Vucinic you know he, if he comes back the same you know he yeah. took a hell of a beating there you know that sometimes we see a guy guys take a fight or two to get back to themselves so 
you know, he's going to come in there against a guy full of confidence, putting guys, you know, obviously he hasn't got much cage time, but he's putting guys away and he's probably brimming with confidence and seeing this as a big opportunity. So, you know, it could be a good bounce back fight, but it also could be a dangerous fight depending on his state of mind. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It's it's a very, very, very winnable fight against a guy who can knock you out cold at any second. You know, that's exactly what it is. So, and that's MMA in a nutshell, I suppose, but big. Yeah. But for, like, the fact that Vucinic is back before Hughes is kind of crazy to me, you know, with that. Yeah, well, I was going to say that. I, I, I was debating whether to jump in about Paul Hughes, but like, what is going on? Apparently, like, Liam, Liam Shannon was on the ultra angle saying that he's, well, kind of hinting at her all but saying that he's uh, Paul Hughes kind of offered contender series and they kind of want to wait for the UFC what's going on like the UFC like, are signing people left and right who nobody's ever heard of uh, Lerone Murphy was looking for a fight at 145 pounds next uh, week for the last three weeks why, why I know it's a tough fight but why wasn't Paul Hughes fighting Lerone Murphy like make that yeah, weird, why isn't he it? just in there of his own merit you know yeah. um, I, I don't know what's going on there that's a bit strange maybe he's asking for too much money or something but I, I, I don't see that I don't know I, uh, if, you like, were, if you were if, Paul Hughes what would you do you know I, I said, for it, I said, I said it last again. week I said it last week I'd go to Bellator you know he's so close to the UFC and I think that's what he's always wanted it, yeah uh, it depends what his management is you know if he signs I don't know who who is Paul Hughes' management do we know uh, Paradigm I think I think he's with Paradigm yeah well like you know they have good relationships so why can't they make it happen I don't know what's going on there yeah. um I'm surprised he hasn't been signed already, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised he wasn't signed. You know, the process wasn't started straight after the the Vucinich performance and victory because, you know, anybody's been paying attention, and we know. Like I've talked to Sean Shelby, sat down with him and talked to him for for hours before. He's watching all sorts of fights all over the place. Maybe maybe things have changed because there's so many fights that he doesn't have a chance to do it as much. But he's definitely watching Cage Warriors. He knows the Cage Warriors level, at the the upper echelon of Cage Warriors. He knows what level Vucinich is at. He knows what level Paul Hughes is at. It. Like I'd be shocked if he didn't. And yeah, it's just I don't know why Paul Hughes hasn't like you know I've been offered a contender. It's a contender series fight is a bit of an insult, really, to be honest. Uh, after that performance and what what Paul Hughes has done in in Cage Warriors, he, in my opinion, I know we're we're Irish or whatever, but I. I think if you asked Kaposa, if you asked anybody who's been following these guys' career who is an Irish oh, 100%, 100%. Like that performance, because Vucinic was undeniable. Like, like even we were saying before, and me, me as well, I don't know about you, but me, like I, I was thinking, oh, Paul, he was like, he has issues that he still has to clean up in his game. It might take two or three fights. But after that fight, I'm like, no, wait, he's ready right now. Send him to the UFC right fucking now. This guy is one of the top you know, top prospects in the world. And he, no doubt Even if you it. bring him in and don't throw him, even if you give him the Ian Gary treatment, yeah, perfect. Like, yeah. it's working out for Ian Gary. Like, why not do the same thing with Paul Hughes? I, I don't know what's going on there. It, it feels, though, and I, I hope I'm wrong what I'm about to say, but it feels like the time has passed now because UFC London is happening. Like, when's the next European card? Are they, like, going to bring a European out to America? And also, like, this, this whole thing about the contender series. So you're taking a chance, right, for five grand to fight a fight that you can lose and you'll be, you know, probably back in cage wires if that happens. Like, same with or if you Justin spark Orleans the guy in 10 seconds, but Dana White, for some reason, yes. just doesn't... No, yeah, yeah but also, you spark the guy in 10 seconds, you get to the UFC, and you're on a fucking 10-10 contract. Like, whereas you could go to Bellator, they'll probably give you that or more to start off with. And you know Paul Hughes is good enough to beat. Like, I, I, I honestly think... Well, like, Bellator, like, if the Bellator haven't put in a big offer for Paul Hughes, maybe it's the thing of... Yeah. Maybe it's the thing of he only has a Zufa clause or something like that in his cage wires. Yeah, that may Maybe it as well, that and he's a champion. You know, as well, maybe the Bellator could, you know, hey, Graham Boylan, do you want to do you want to talk about 
like compensating for this his release, you know, because he'd be huge for Bellator if they could get Paul Hughes. Uh, I, like I think he, he, I think he'd be fighting Patricky or Patricio, sorry, within eighteen months at most. Like I think he's better than almost all of those guys in one forty five in Bellator. Paul Hughes is that good, like. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, I know how this turned into a Paul Hughes talk, but anyway, <laughs> we're passionate he needs, about he it. He needs to be signed for the UFC, and yeah. Yeah, or if not, Graham Bylan should be paying him fucking ten grand to fight on Cage Warriors Dublin because you know why there aren't many fucking tickets sold for that. Go on Ticketmaster and look. You put Paul Hughes on it tomorrow, and would you make would you make ten grand back in tickets if you put Paul Hughes on it tomorrow? I think you. I think you probably would like. It, uh, that's only hundred tickets. If they're at a hundred quid a pop, is that correct? Yeah, thousand ten. It is. Like, I think if you offered Paul Hughes ten grand to fight, if he's not getting a UFC fight straight away, I think he probably would. And we have a litany of guys here who could be the next guy in line. Imagine Sharia goes out, knocks out Hinden in the first round, calls out Paul Hughes, or you know, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we better move on and talk about UFC 286. But there's like, none of this is a slight in Paul Hughes, and I hope it didn't come across as that way. The exact opposite, in fact. I really want to see Paul Hughes fighting. I want to see him fighting in a big fight, whether it's, I don't give a shit, whether it's Cage Warriors, 1FC, um, Bellator, no. anywhere. Let's do it. I think he, uh, from what I know, I, from what I've gathered, I think he wants to fight in the UFC. And, Seems know, so. That's yeah. why people go to Cage Warriors and fight for the slower money because you see it as, well, if I go in and perform like Paul Hughes has, then I'll be signed for the UFC. And that has been the case. And for some reason, they're stalling on, on Paul, even though Paul seems to be one of the most exciting guys in recent history uh, from Cage Warriors coming up. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Let's do it. Right, let's talk about UFC 286, uh, Kamara Usman versus Leon Edwards 3. We nearly forget they had a first fight. That seems to happen. That was, uh, that was a case with uh, McGregor and Poirier, too. Just completely forgot that it was like an in-between fight. Anyway, who wins, Graham? Not, not who wins. The, the, the cage door closes. How does this fight go, do you think? With, with, with everything in mind, we don't need, you know, we don't need to go into... We, how will they both change mentally? How will the knockout affect both of them, both positively and negatively? We don't need to go into all of that. How do you think, if you put it all together, how's the fight going to go? Uh, well, I think, like, I think if if Usman is what he was, you know, then he's he's probably going to win a, a close decision where it's going to be he's going to edge enough rounds to three or four rounds to do it. But, you know, we've heard all about his knees and how bad his knees are. He got sparked heavy by Leon Edwards in the last one. Leon Edwards is going to be as confident as, as ever. He's going to have the crowd with him. It's it's a tough it's a tough fight for Usman. It's a tough fight for Leon. It's it's a great fight. I'm interested to see how it looks, you know. But, uh, like, going to my head, 50-50, I'd have to pick Usman. The, the more the fight gets closer, the more... I'm leaning away from Usman. Now, I don't know if I'm leaning towards Edwards yet, to, to be honest. But like, the, the second this fight was over, I was picking Usman for the rematch. And all the way through, I've been picking Usman for the rematch. Or, or the trilogy, if you want to put it that way. But I'm I'm really not sure now. Because like, I, I think the big factor with this is that knee, those knee injuries, what you said. But also like... It's not even it, injuries, it's just his knees are, are fucked, fucked, and that's yeah, the end of it. Like, absolutely yeah. fucked. Yeah. And as someone with a fucked shoulder myself, I know it's, it's, it, you just sometimes you just can't do anything with him, like, and sometimes you're just fucked. And if he wakes up next Saturday like that, and like, it's a weird thing as well, but like, being in a different country, sleeping in a different bed, if, you've, if you're that bad, those that really affects you. 
really, really, really affects you. And um, yeah, that could be an issue. But like, I, I, uh, he's used to that though. But he is used to that. But yeah. I, I think uh, if Usman is five percent less than what he was the last time, I think it put puts Edwards in with a massive chance of winning this. Because we seem to forget, right? Edwards won the first round. We forget about that at times, and he fucking knocked him spark out in in the fifth round. Like, okay, he won. Uh, Usman won three of the uh, uh, the other three rounds. He was winning three. To th- it wasn't exactly an absolute blowout. You know this bullshit. I was listening to the commentary back again, and it was the best commentary in UFC history mixed with the worst commentary in UFC history because that's not from the, the not the cloth from which he's beautifully called, saved at the end by, by Yannick, <laughs> which you will hear at the end of this podcast so stick around go, go, line, go line clearance <laughs> Indeed. after the team but shot the bed this shit from Din Thomas and Daniel Cormier about he's he's just waiting to get to the end absolute codswall of bullshit from the two of them idiots and you know it's not the it's not the uh, the worst they've probably done and that tells you how bad they are but um it, it, it wasn't a complete blowaway because like Leon was defending a lot of the takedowns he was there was big moments in the rounds that like lasted maybe whether it was a few strikes or a takedown with, with a few sh- uh, shots of ground and pound after it that lasted maybe 90 seconds or two minutes that took the rounds away from him if they didn't happen if Kamaru was 5% less and they didn't happen those rounds are very very close and maybe half of them lean Leon's way and he ends up winning the decision you know so it's, it's one of those fights I think they're the last time I think it looked a bigger difference than it actually was you know, and Leon was winning that fifth round as well uh, before yeah. it, uh, it I think Leon doesn't side. get to like hasn't got the respect even for most nearly probably uh, over the years for how, go- how good his striking is and people are kind of making it out like oh it was just a fluky kick but he, like you know he set that up perfectly like that was a work of art that, that finish on Usman and as you said if Usman comes in there and he's not he's, he's 90% or he's a little bit hesitant with his striking because of being knocked out then he, he like you know this is, is going to be Leon's fight but you know uh, Usman's been at the top for a long time. He's come through, you know, uh, a lot of big fights, and um, I, I, I'd give the edge to him. But I, I would not be surprised. I'm expecting really close rounds, and you know, you can win close rounds with with one strike, with one one moment, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if Edwards was able to do that. But it, it's a phenomenal fight, in my opinion. You know, uh, obviously, a lot of people don't like immediate rematches, but I think this this just had to happen, and. You know, having it as a pay per view in 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 a big show in in the UK, I think is is a really good step as well. Like, and having a having Leon Edwards as the champion is probably probably good for us. You know, good for this region um, to have more big fights over here and stuff like that. But I think you know, if Leon goes out there and, and gets it done, even if it's a contentious decision, then you know, I think I think he's proven himself as you know to be talked about in the pound for pound and if you had said that to me a few years ago i i definitely didn't think that was possible and he just keeps improving he just keeps getting better and i expect him to do that here you know is is usman still getting better Uh, i don't know is he maybe a little bit but i think leon has proved that he he's getting you know he's in the even in the diaz fight though you know he was winning that fight and he got caught himself he's not he's not uh he's not uh adverse or uh you know he's not um out of danger at all times himself he can get knocked out like Usman could knock him out as well but he knows he can knock Usman out and Usman knows he can knock him out and it's been done before so there's definitely a lot more factors playing into playing into this fight than the the first rematch I was talking to someone uh from the from UK MMA about uh about Leon 
maybe a couple of years ago, maybe even less than that, and they were saying, like, if you look at Leon, right, and you say, right, has he the best wrestling in the division? No. Has he the best striking in the division? No. Has he the best cardio in the division? He's very good, but pro- probably not. No. Like, has, has Leon Edwards anything that's the best in that division? No. But is there anyone as good as him at kind of everything? And it, probably not. Like, Leon Edwards is is your is your Swiss Army knife in that division. You know, he has a bit of everything. He can do a bit of everything. And that is a very tough guy to fight against because if you lack in any one place, even for a second, as Kamara Usman will tell you uh, after he stopped looking up at the lights, he can make you pay. And, like, if you have a wrestling deficiency, he can make you pay for that. If you have a striking deficiency, he can make you pay for that. If you have a cardio deficiency, he'll make you pay for that. And, like... That's a very you switch game. off for a second. Yeah, you know, he'll make you pay. Yeah, yeah, like you're saying, and he's proven that. And you know, he's going to be confidence. You know, we talk about confidence in sport, and he's going to be as confident as ever. You know, and Usman's not going to be as confident as he as he has been. You know, so that you know, maybe I'm talking myself away from Usman a little bit, but yeah, it's just it's a really difficult one to call. Uh, and that's about you know, I said we we won't talk about that, but we kind of must because like. We don't know. Will Usman be less confident? Will Edwards be more confident? Like, you think Edwards will, but with Usman, like, maybe it's a thing of, like, I'm going to go in here and I can't believe this fucker knocked me out. I'm going to show him. And it might be the best Usman we've ever seen. Or else he might be, oh, no, I can't get fucking knocked out again. Like, I spoke to Bisping about it before, like, after the McGregor-Parrier fight, funny enough, which we referenced earlier on, where it was the first time McGregor ever got knocked out. And I was like, look, it happened to you with, with Dan Henderson he knocked you spark out and he's like the next time I was at an arena going into fight I was thinking oh no am I going to get knocked out again you know I'm going to think, am I going to be embarrassed in front of all these people again that's the sort of thing that goes through your head Usman has never faced that before and how will he deal with that look you would think he's a world championship brilliant fighter but can he deal with that against the same guy he's fighting again will it like will it make him flinch will it make him a little bit different in there or will, will it do the opposite we don't like we don't know we do do not know but we have to kind of that's our job to talk about those sort of things but i i just think this will be a fight this is a fight that i don't really know who i'm going to give as my prediction to be honest um uh, yeah it's probably still going to lean camaro but oh it's a it's a very interesting i like it's a fight that i had very little interest in coming into the first the second one the, the the most recent one but i have a lot of interest coming into this one just because of obviously how the first one went or the second one, uh the last one went why did i fight that time fucking five years ago whenever fucking mind that fight anyway we'll move on a great card a great card fizziev and gaethje graham what do you think of that one like i i find that yeah. one a bit hard to call I looked at the odds and Fizayev is a big favorite, a pre- pretty sizable favorite. Really? I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Ah, Jesus, Gage Gaethje. Uh, I think Gaethje might get this done early. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna come there and try and lay it all on the line. We, did, you know, we the blueprint is definitely there. His, his defensive grappling is definitely not up to par. But you know, having to overcome the blitz that he puts on early, I don't know. Yeah. I probably lean Gagey here, but you know we've seen it before. Where if it, if it doesn't work, then it kind of all goes it all goes pear shaped from there. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens either, or if he if he gets taken down and kind of looks like a fish out of water again. Maybe not as much as against Habib, obviously, but you know his is definitely a weakness in his game there. So you know Fizayev definitely has ways to win, but I think Gagey definitely has ways to win as well. And I'm surprised by the 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 odds line. 
I uh, I see Gaethje's ways to be maybe the opposite of what you the way you see him. Like I I think he could. We've seen Fiziev have issues with cardio. I think if Gaethje puts on a high pace, he, that could be an issue for him in the third round and maybe late. But also, I think Gaethje. If like Gaethje can wrestle, it's great. Uh, Gaethje's jiu-jitsu that's fucking terrible. It's, his top jiu-jitsu isn't isn't bad. Isn't bad like, it's yeah. fine. So I think if defensive jiu-jitsu. Oh, Jesus. no, awful. I think if he can get Fiziev down, that I think that'll be good for him on the feet. Look, Gaethje can hit anyone and knock him out. As can Fiziev is brilliant on the feet. This is uh, we're fighting night written all over. This is absolute rock'em sock'em robots three rounds of action i cannot wait for it. it's gonna be a brilliant fight absolutely brilliant fight i i just wonder can get you through in that takedown maybe that we talked about like map also with leon like does leon take in taking a takedown after taking camaro down in the first uh fight and i know that was from a trip and kind of in the clinch but like why didn't he do more of that it's easier said than done of course but like i you know we've talked about this many times and you mentioned it earlier like takedowns are there go for a fucking takedown and get it it could change the whole fight and I think that, that could be the case for Gaethje or it could be the case for, yeah. for well, we've for seen Gaethje in the past use kind of the outside leg kick game as well like you know yeah. we haven't seen it in a while like mm-hmm. we haven't really seen it in the UFC at all but he's done it before over over long distances to, to great success so he could go back to that but just to, I expect him to go in there and throw it all throw it all off as I have and you know see if he can withstand it and yeah it could go either way you know it, it, that's a, that's a beautiful thing about these these top fights you know they're all hard to call and there's, there's a lot of kind of ways for guys to win and that makes it exciting and you know we talked about the oversaturation and all but you know this this card is definitely one to get excited about and to, not to miss and people who are kind of dipping in and out of, of ufc events and maybe because it's at a a strange time you might forget about it definitely you know set, set an alarm in your calendar or whatever for this one what about your guy Gunnar Nelson against Brian Barberina and have a, a fun fight there like we we talked a lot about Gunnar and his all around game like I, I think this will be more of a stand up fight because you know Barberina good wrestling hard to take down and I think Gunnar hasn't showed like the best takedowns in the world before you know sans a couple of fights where he has and maybe this will be one of them but Sometimes people forget that Gunner hits very hard as well and has good power. But if he can't land that against Barbarina, he's going to keep going yeah. for for the three rounds as well, and he's going to be trying to out cardio him as he does with everyone. So it's the potential banana skin. You should think Gunner Nelson is a better, a higher quality of Brian Barbarina, but it doesn't always work out that way. How, how would you think this one go? I think I think Gunner will get the submission here. I think like you know you look at the Ponzinibbio loss that was kind of in my opinion a lot down to eye pokes that were missed, and then there's a split decision with Leon Edwards even though it probably shouldn't have been a split decision it was, you know Gilbert Burns he lost to they're tough guys you know that's Damien Maia before that uh, obviously he's been it's been injuries he hasn't been he hasn't been that active but he's really really good on the ground and a really good finisher and if he gets your back you know he's he'll hit you with like kind of wrist strikes and he, he's a bit unorthodox and he's hard to train for and he's he has kind of different setups uh, for his submissions than, than a lot of guys in the UFC so I think you know he's he's good enough on the feet and patient enough to wait for his opportunity and get get the get to the grappling realm and you know get the submission probably from the back really yeah. like a joke yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that i think they've missed a step here the ufc by having jennifer Mayan and casey neil and marvin vittori roman delitza on the main card and not having one of the the english fighters i know casey o'neill has uh, scotland looks her name and all but like having one of the homegrown 
whether it's Mikhaev, whether it's Leron Murphy, whether it's, you know, even uh, Christian Eri Duncan or someone like that. And probably Mikhaev is, is, is the one on the main card getting it started. You know, I, I would move the, the Vittori Delidze fight to the, maybe the top of the prelims and put that there. Um, but that's just, you know, me talking about the, the, the card layout. And it's strange that this Vittori fight is even on this card, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a good, a good fight, though. A good fight. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to the other fight as well because it's a massive test for Casey O'Neill against Jennifer Maya, I think she'd be well able for it, but there's a lot of the, the best English up and comers uh, and the uh, British up and comers, if you want to say it. And this, uh, I said English, and I was looking at Jack Shore and Chris Duncan. I'm like, I get killed. But uh, yeah, uh, Wales, Scotland, England, Joy Herbert on the card as Joy well. Herbert, yeah. Mikhaev, I, I can't wait for this card. Like we, we look, Mikhaev, if he wins this, he's on the way to, to the title in 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 a couple of fights. I, I would say. Jake Hadley needs a win here against Malcolm Gordon. Joanne Wood probably needs a win to, to save her job. And you mentioned uh, Joy is always a joy to watch, but, you know, hasn't had the best results, got a good win last time. But what about Christian Neary Duncan, Graham? Because this is the guy, if a lot of people are listening to this, they don't watch Cage Warriors or anything, they're just preparing for the UFC. Oh, he's a good one. He, he's a good one. He's a, And you know he's gone in there against Dusa Tatarovic. And if you're a UFC fan, you probably know that name. And, and for a guy who's never fought in the UFC at middleweight to be fighting someone whose name you know tells you all you need to know about how good he is because as you said Sean Shelby's watching those Cage Warriors fights and he knows the level he's fighting at and he's matchmade him in that way now the Cage Warriors guys generally do get tough matchmaking but uh, I think he'd be well able for Duce Kotatarovic and Christian Yerdunkin has it all he's the power, the technique, the athleticism. He's beaten some very, very, very good guys. And uh, I think he'll go in here and do a job and do Scott Tatarovic. And he will... Uh He'll be one of the standout guys on this undercard. But let's see, it is a tough fight because Dusko hits hard too, so you never know the UFC jitters and all that. But uh, I know you're a big fan of Christian Neary Duncan as well, Graham. How excited are you yeah. to see him debut? Yeah, you know, he's only been a pro for a couple of years, but if you look at his amateur record, it's yeah, extensive, loads of you know. Them, yeah. <laughs> it was a 20, 20 odd fights he's had uh, at amateur and, you know, fought in the IMAFs and all that stuff. So, you know, he turned pro uh, after after getting a lot of experience in. He's looked phenomenal in Cage Warriors, you know, uh, kind of showing it all, going decision, putting people away with spinning back kicks and punches and flying knees and spinning elbows. <laughs> you know, he's an exciting guy and, you know, obviously, uh, it's a, it kind of shows that the UFC probably uh, have been paying attention to know what level he's at to put him in here uh, for, uh, you know, and somebody you've heard of, as you said. Uh, and I, I also expect him to go in there and get it done. I expect him to get it done inside the distance and uh, kind of announce himself. And, you know, obviously, it's a, it's a different experience to, to Cage Warriors and a big arena and all that stuff and UFC debut and you know we've seen guys have jitters and stuff like that but just all the abilities he he has and even if even if he does come in nervous he should have enough to get it done I'd say like uh, yeah he's he's definitely one to keep an eye on and I think people will be keeping an eye on him after after uh, Saturday night. Yeah, 100%. Uh, before we go as well, you mentioned IMAF there, and there's a big story emerging from IMAF at the moment. I'm actually not sure there's anything broke over the weekend, because I, I was, it was away and I didn't have a chance to check it out all out, but uh, there was a, a, a leak that came from uh, my MMA News. They had an email that came out talking about... Um, 
I would say, severe financial issues with IMF. We saw the day before that, um, Mark Goddard stepped down and a few others as well, uh, I believe, have, have stepped down from working with IMF. Um, now, I'm sure more of this story will emerge of what's going on. It does, as I said, it does seem like a big uh, financial thing, along with you know decisions made by the board, which people don't agree with. But it's... It's an awful pity because I know a lot of people don't like what IMF do or, or think amateur MMA should be done a different way. But I think it was a great option. And um, you know, you spoke about Christian Era Duncan there. We just spoke about Danny McCormack a while ago, having fought in the IMF, and look, Mohammed Mahayev as well, which we spoke about a second ago. And lots of other people have come through the IMF, so it's been beneficial for a lot of people. And it'd be a very, very sad day, I think, if it actually went away. So. Uh, it's also very sad if they fucked it up and did something bad, you know, to do that. So hopefully that can be saved. Hopefully there can be some sort of um, uh, rehabilitation, I suppose, with all the people that left. Hopefully they'll be able to come back. Hopefully the money thing will be able to uh, be sorted out and all that. But I don't know if you've heard any anything more about it, Graham, but it's, it's a bad, it seems like a very bad situation for the IMF, doesn't it? And I don't know if this will affect the fights and the tournaments and everything like that, but if it does, it's it's not great, is it? Yeah, like it does, it looks like pretty messy from the little bits that I've seen, you know, the the discussion in the, uh, about the leaks and stuff. Maybe maybe things will be different when it comes out, but yeah, if the if the leaks are anything to go by, it looks really bad. And obviously with people uh, resigning from their posts, that's a very bad sign as well. So, uh, like, it could be the end here. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't look good from the from the little bits we've seen. But obviously. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, when, when people publicly, you know, uh, kind of separating themselves from it, uh, probably for good reason. Uh, people who've worked there from the from the very beginning and things like that, and yeah, um, it'd be unfortunate to see it to, to, to see it go. You know, as as you mentioned there, and as we've mentioned uh, over the years, like guys have got great experience. Um, you know, at amateur in these tournaments and. It'd be it'd be sad not to have that. Maybe they could make some kind of uh, alternative or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It's a it seems to be just a complete mess. And it, does, it from the little bit of stuff I've heard, it probably doesn't seem like it's going to be fixable. Yeah, indeed, and uh, that's uh, that's sad. I know, hopefully, it is. But um, we we leave it there. So most of, uh, Norman Park had a good win over the weekend. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I just saw he, he tweeted out he won. Um, Nathan Kelly as well last week we spoke about it last week it happened during the week uh, he got the win over in the PFL Challenger Series didn't win the vote though which was that vote was a little bit unfair I think um, but anyway he didn't, didn't end up winning it even though he won his fight without taking a strike in like two minutes or something like that a very very good win for him there so um, it was it was kind of a mixed weekend all in all for uh, for Ersham I, I saw Quilcha tweeting uh, Ryan Spillane uh, and Jar Harris both lost their uh, bouts at Cage uh, fight series 13 I, I think it was called so um, you know two very good prospects coming out you know I, I know Ryan Spillane has had a very very tough time it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back but uh, Jer Harris I've wa- watched him since he was uh, a young amateur I know how good he is so I'm sure uh, he'll be back as well but um, yeah a lot of fights coming up for Irish MMA fighters over the next while and uh, some very very interesting ones obviously starting with uh, with Invicta this weekend but um, we'll leave it there Graham uh Congratulations to uh to to you on on, on keeping Bournemouth to one goal, you know. 
Fair play to you for very. very uh, sure, we're, we're, we're we're seven seven one aggregate in our last two games, so it's not too bad. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh no, the the cup final come down. It's always tough, you know. So you had your cup final. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. Carabao Cup, Community Shield. Is there is there much of a difference? There is, yeah. But like, <laughs> when your cup final is a game against another team, sure, the Community Shield is like, it's cups. hard to get into. Everybody That's gets into the Carabao sad, Cup. You know, did, when's the last time Man United qualified? Did for you buy one shield? of the t-shirts? Did you? Did you buy one of the, the seven? <laughs> My Community t-shirts? Shield t-shirts. <laughs> Sure, legendary Man United manager Jose Mourinho was claiming it as a trophy, wasn't he? What's that got to do? Oh, well, Man United didn't win the charity. What are you talking I'm about? I'm joking with you. Seven yeah. 0 though. That's pretty embarrassing for uh, for, for any club. I think it's more. No, no. I, I think you know, obviously, uh, way more embarrassing. More Liverpool. sweet if Liverpool had been in kind of the the flying form that we were when we beat just five 0 That was probably uh, even more enjoyable. There's no <laughs> doubt about it that the the. And I truly mean this. The reaction from Liverpool was way more embarrassing than the loss for Man United. It was like for a once great club. Hold on, to hold react on. Man like United that, fans were talking about a quadruple and challenging for the title. No, and stuff before that no, they weren't. Yes, they you, were. You you, wanna, no, 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 If you want to talk about quadruples, if you want to talk about quadruples, if you want to talk about quadruples, the team that printed up T-shirts for winning three points last week was a team eight months ago talking about quadruples. The team that lost one nil to Bournemouth was the team that was talking about. Obviously it didn't work out going. well. Yeah, uh, and now you're now you're printing up t-shirts over winning three points. Sad <laughs> you, no, honestly, I, I, it's one of the saddest forever. days. Every time you every time you in the Liverpool every time you hear C or seven, you'll think seven. Oh, so, just so day. sad. Just so sad for Liverpool. Really sad. <laughs> Hard look on that one. Uh, you're you're the greatest, as you said, the greatest team in Premier League history. That's yeah, what, that that's team where, that was stopped by COVID. That's the bio weapon that was yeah. developed and released. You, to stop the only us. time you ever fucking won it was when COVID <laughs> was on. So what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, yeah, Sean, just take it. Cry more. Sad bastard. I, I honestly know I have done a great job of. Twisting this Pretending it hasn't hurt you <laughs> Obviously like It hasn't someone, cut you deeply Someone called me a sore like, loser you, the other day it's like, Everybody uh, knows you're just pretending You're just putting up uh, a great no, face I, but I actually like, am not It's done. the only thing you can do though In fairness no, to you like, no, no. doing the exact same thing No I genuinely Like someone called me a sore loser the other day And I was like We lost 7 nil. Of course I'm a fucking sore loser I'm gutted like But yeah. I, I, no, I do honestly believe that though About Liverpool's reaction It was one to say You would agree with that as well It was so sad Like printing up t-shirts from winning three points like that was sad to go out and lose to Bournemouth. Then, are you not embarrassed by that? Like I'm not even Three joking. Three points. It's a seven-nil historic uh, win sorry, over your your rivals in the league. Stop their quadruple and title challenge talk uh, dead in its tracks. You know, obviously uh, and that wasn't that didn't exist. You're sixth in the league yes, or did. whatever. That like, didn't exist. You're talking about Liverpool fans celebrating three points or celebrating with T-shirts. There was more people talking. Many other fans talking uh, quadruples Absolutely and uh, title challenges, and there Fucking was T-shirts. Sad acts. Oh my god! Well, like genuinely, so, uh, I I actually felt embarrassed for Liverpool. I was more embarrassed for Liverpool than I was for Man United. <laughs> genuinely, it was so embarrassing. Like. But uh, you have to. You know, I think, uh, think Man United would be a lot more embarrassed by the situation than. Liverpool. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, it was embarrassing for Man United. We all know. But you have to agree though, like putting up t-shirts. But like this isn't this isn't a one-off for Man United. Like it was five nil last it, season. No, no, it was the, six it, against City. It was winning like, a fucking, game is a one-off for Liverpool this season. You know, like. This is this is uh, this is a recurring thing now these days. Yeah, that's grand. But like, what about for Liverpool? Like, it's your cup final this year. Oh, well, this is Liverpool the game you'll think of this year. Been a disaster. There's no yeah. 
dispute about that, but we oh, weren't no. talking quadruples and title challenges. You, you literally uh, were eight months ago. Before. We weren't. The day before the Never. 7 nil. Never. Did, Come this on, is Sean. just lies. This go is just back, lies. Go back to the Man United Reddit. This is just go lies. Back to the Man United, go back to the radio go and podcasts, all that stuff. We can't even win Come a quadruple. On. We're not even in the Champions League. What are you talking about? Yeah, Man United fans were trying to pretend like that was a real quadruple. Well, they're only idiots. Like, why would you listen to Well, obviously, they're Man United fans. What about Liverpool? Printing up t-shirts. Oh, I, I, I'm going to buy one of those t-shirts and put it up behind yeah, because it was do, so embarrassing. It was do, the greatest do. sign of Liverpool's embarrassment that I've ever seen. Oh, stick it up there, Sean. It was there you go. so stick fucking it embarrassing. There. It was so... Are you going to get t-shirts oh, printed up? Put your money where your mouth is, Sean. Are you going to get that? Jürgen Klopp coming out saying Bournemouth were the better team. You fucking useless shower of fuck. So you're saying it was Liverpool's cup final. So Liverpool won the cup this year. So that's good. We've leveled the money. Yeah, the you agree with that as well like when you think back at this year and the positive for Liverpool it will be that game won't it nothing else like literally nothing else so it was your yeah, well, final it, it, it was looking, your biggest it's look, game it's, look, it's looking that Three way points. Hope, you, you, you would have hoped that Liverpool would, would have kicked on against uh, Brentford but uh, can't even hit the target with a penalty so uh, obviously we obviously, uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Used to ball our goals against Man United. <laughs> Thank, thankfully. Yeah, and, but Man United are fucked now as well because Casemiro gets into off and is out for four games. So I actually, like, it's funny. Four uh, games, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, four he, games. He got sent off twice. A ch- oh, another geez. joke of a sending off too. Yeah, like it was ah, a, come it was on, it was, into, it was pretty dangerous in fairness. It was a bad tackle, but when you give that yellow, it's a yellow. Like when you give that as a yellow, VAR should never overturn that. If he had given nothing and VAR hadn't seen it, or he hadn't seen it, it's, and they gave it's a right, no problem. It's with that. Sometimes yeah. they're like, ah, oh, it's fine, yellow, it's borderline Ridiculous. yellow. Or even if it's not borderline, what they about say, Sabino? Yeah, already made his, they've what? already made his decision. Yeah, Sabino on Evan Ferguson. Exact yeah. same. Worse, way worse. And See, that, that's they're, not they're bringing out the fine tooth comb uh, sometimes and not other times for similar things. And it's it's just the inconsistency. Like, it's you ridiculous. can't really argue with the, with the red card, but... It's the the fact that it isn't given in similar circumstances. Yeah. You uh, could, I couldn't argue with consistently. the red card if it was if the yellow card wasn't given. But the second that yellow card is given, you can't give a red card there because you're just going completely against your own rules and completely against every precedent you've ever set. Like there was a vendetta today. It was it was fucking weird. If I don't normally do. Many United fans aren't used to getting decisions against them. Yeah, so oh, like it, it, it is. It's always funny when it happens. There, there was also a. a uh, there was two penalties which I don't even need to talk about but there was one on Rashford where it did look like Rashford like completely no no he kicked his there. own leg like it was yeah. Harry Kane but did you see special, like. did you see five minutes later they showed another replay where Bazuno touched him and he went down five minutes uh, he, later he touched into Bazuno no, no, no I saw I that re- the first replay he no, they showed it tried five to minutes initiate later. contact and then kicked his, made sure that the contact made him kick his own leg we've seen no, that from Harry Kane no time, no no time it again. wasn't like that at all no it wasn't like he did kick his leg after that I'm not saying it was a penalty or anything like that but they they never showed that angle whatsoever there wasn't enough fucking uh, it was a dive like no problem but they never showed that uh they never even showed that angle. Like there was a vendetta there today. Well, no doubt. No, about. I think the no VAR looks at stuff in the background because sometimes, sometimes it, the ref ends up stopping it after, like the ball goes out of play and like waiting and stuff when they're when they're checking. But sometimes the check is just over quickly. But Ridiculous. it's just the inconsistency of VAR and the inconsistency of the refs. Obviously, are, are we talked about it earlier are just so terrible that it's it's really frustrating sometimes. Like uh, you just you just you just VAR is just being used with a fine two comb. When it, when it suits them or when they want and just when being they want not used zero. sometimes yeah. uh, just in situations where, like it's, it's just stupid yeah 100% 100% anyway we'll uh, we'll let it go thanks everybody for listening we got it out on a Sunday which is great I wasn't expecting it I've had about 
45 minutes sleep last night so I uh I do you know when I have a lack of sleep I always get like more passionate and roar and stuff and I think that's what happened here in like the last half an hour so that's great anyway Graham give us the inspirational quote before we go you come to me with a bone in your hand you come to me with your hair curled tight you come to me with positions you come to me with excuses duck down in a row you wear me out you wear me out a marab. We'll see you next <laughs> Sunday, probably. Good luck. He's got four minutes to try to rest away this title. But he's got to do something big. He does. He's got to do something really big. He's got to open himself up. If it wasn't obvious enough, Leon is broken out.